Hey, Conrad. Yes, Chano? Does it really take three ghosts to teach you the true meaning of Christmas? All I had to do was murder my landlord. Ah. and gentlemen, elfs and elfettes, welcome to Film Fights. I am your fearless host, John O. Rodriguez, and with me, of course, is my tinsel-covered star of David, beautiful man-child boy, Conrad Hartman. Hello, Conrad. (laughs) Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) I am... By the way, covered in tinsel throughout the year. This is not actually a Christmas thing. No, yeah, I'm sorry to call it out. It's just, it, I can't, I'm blinded by it right now. Well, you know, uh, if you remember in the show Arrested Development, right. David Cross's character oh, was, right. he was a never blue, nude. The never nude. I'm uh, an always tinsel. He's always tinsel. I'm an always tinsel. I always have tinsel on me. <laughs> He's an always tinsel, yes. I'm and very I, lucky I'm married now. It was very hard dating. Oh, absolutely. Or, when I was single. That's why I wasn't afraid to out you just now, because I felt like, ah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It, you know, it, people need to be more aware of always tinsel syndrome. Oh, <laughs> oh you ATS. mean OTS? ATS. Oh, did I say O? It's, well, it's my cross to bear. <laughs> Not, well, it's my cross to be dyslexic. But it's uh, great for this time of year. It makes me feel jolly. I feel like I'm ready to party. I light up mm-hmm. the room literally when I walk in. Oh, sure, yeah. Especially if there's a spotlight on you, which I always have a spotlight on you. And honestly, it makes me feel pretty. And that's good. Yeah, right. That's a step in the right direction. It is a step in the right direction. Yeah. I feel petty a lot, but pretty, <laughs> that, ex- that little extra R... That takes look, a lot of work. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a motivational poster series I'm working on. You got with Julia Roberts on that. Oh, I got with Julia Roberts. Pretty tinsel. Because, I mean, she was a hooker, so I just had to pay her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she well, played one. Well, you didn't have to pay her. You had to pay uh, Richard Gere. He was the pimp, right? I'd never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in real life, he's a pimp. You don't need Look to see that, that movie. It's like Star Wars. You just watch all the parodies about it. <laughs> Uh, you know, like the parody of Pretty Woman called uh, Ugly Man. Ugly Man. Yes, that's exact. I left that window open for you, buddy. It was a huge window. All I had to it do really was, was take one yeah, step forward, it, it, and I fell right out. So, Conrad, uh, can you explain to the folks at home uh, what this podcast is all about, particularly this special holiday one? Certainly. So, on this program. Jono and I each choose a film, and then we pit them together in a brutal grudge match. This week, we did a couple of very lovely holiday films, or not-so-lovely holiday films, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh, sure. We chose the classic adaptation of A Christmas Carol, Scrooged, starring Bill Murray, and that has been pit against Jono's pick, Mixed Nuts, starring Steve Martin, but with a star-studded ensemble cast, mm-hmm. which may or may not have lived up to its expectations. Uh, yes, uh, you, you are correct uh, on all counts. 
<laughs> including that little snide <laughs> remark at the end about mixed nuts. But no, uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about, uh, so uh, our last... <laughs> you want to try that again? Our, no. <laughs> I'm going to fucking muscle through like I always do. No, our last fight was a fight of the Santas where with, right. our, with our lovely guest, uh, Leslie Hartman. She's all right. Whoa! (laughs) Do not listen to. I love you, honey. (laughs) Yes, we all love her. And if if you uh, if you at home uh, loved her infectious uh, laugh and pointing out things, uh, let us know because we'd love to have her on the show again. Yeah, and don't DM her. No, do not. Or I'll find you. One of us will. And I'll be like, hey, let's talk about it. But anyway, you chose Scrooge. That's right. I chose Scrooge. Very classic. So Jono. Would you do us the honor? We're going to jump right in. Yes. With our first back of the box summary. You got it, buddy. Here we go. Back of the box, Scrooge. All right, peanut gallery. Oh, sorry. And that's also not Christmassy. How about. All right, very good. I accept. (laughs) I tip my Santa hat to you. Um. (laughs) Okay, so uh, just so you guys know, I have the uh, DVD version of this movie. Uh, I have not... I've not the Laserdisc, which we know is the best version. Right. But unfortunately, they yeah. don't exist anymore. Deck the Halls. High-spirited hijinks on Christmas Eve put Frank Cross, Bill Murray, and a ghostly time warp in this hilarious takeoff of <laughs> Charles Dickens... Oh, fuck. The UPC's covering it. Sorry, I have to... we're super professional Uh, Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol I could have just guessed that (laughs) by context clues Cross who has made the meteoric rise from the depths of the mailroom to TV network president is mean nasty uncaring unforgiving and has a sadistic sense of humor. Perfect qualities for a modern-day Scrooge. Before the night is over, he'll be visited by a maniacal New York cab driver from the past, a present-day fairy who's into pratfalls, and finally, a ghoulish, seven-foot, headless messenger from the future. That's the end, actually. Um, okay, so well, I, who I gotta give him at least, you know, this is, it's not like we don't know how a Christmas Carol goes. So, like, we know, well, maybe we some know of the, the story. Some of the people at home may not know. Oh, well, if you don't, then uh, you're done. I don't know what to tell you. Wow, we actually have some very young audiences. Yeah, pick up a book, dummy. <laughs> You, it sounds like you need to have the Scrooged experience because that was his thing. He he left Christmas because lots of people watched his dumb live television program. Okay, yeah, they were afraid to okay. miss it because, like, when you look at the because, like, we never actually see the full production of Scrooge. We just see parts of it, you know, with Buddy Buddy Hackett 
playing Scrooge <laughs> and uh, and the gold dancers, solid gold dancers, and um, it looks mostly wholesome except for the solid gold dancers. Like because that, of the that's a showing. little well, not just that they have. It's like an Adam and Eve thing. They have a leaf style. Yeah, they were groin yeah, area. I, yeah, I also got very excited <laughs> watching that scene. Do you like how I explained it? <laughs> a leaf style groin area. Perfect. Yeah, so it was just strange that he, he made it seem like it was going to be the super ultra violent crazy thing and it got like a big response. A woman died or something. She had a heart attack. She had a heart attack. After watching the advertisement. After Yeah, and that really shows what era this was from because that's nowhere near where yeah, we well, are now obviously if she had a heart attack watching an ad she had an underlying health condition so the ad wasn't dangerous itself Ooh, commentary yeah that's what we're doing right now talking oh right <laughs> we're commenting <laughs> i mean uh topical topical from 20 30 40 years ago all right oh god excuse me <laughs> i know you're listening to this in 2050 so, yeah, it is 30 years ago. Yeah, we have to make it sound timeless. So we have to say, oh, you know, that was like 20 or 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay, so I like I read m- about it in my grandparents' history <laughs> novels. <laughs> history novels. <laughs> so I, I liked this movie. I love this movie. I mean, this goes without saying. This is, this is a great movie. I watch it regularly. I love, uh, I even love David Johansson, who, as you know, is the... Um, <laughs> you obviously have a deep love for him. Yes, because he was in Car Fifty Four. Where are you? And uh, which is a bad movie, but I liked him in it. And Car Fifty Four. Where are you? That's right. Yeah, yeah he, the old he, show. Yeah. Well, the, you said movie, but the movie adaptation the show, in the nineties. Yeah. They can stop any crook. Right there. They can outrun any killer. They're getting away. They can protect any witness. Ooh. And what they lack in good instinct. Please, please help! They make up for with good intentions. We have the lowest reported crime rate in the whole city. Of course you do. You don't report any of it. Car 54, where are you? Rated PG-13. Opens Friday, January 28th. And he uh, he was also in, uh, he was the villain in Mr. Nanny, starring Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Mary Poppins. But these kids. Aren't made of sugar and spice. I hope your Blue Cross is paid up. I hate kids. Hulk Hogan is... Lovely to see you. Mr. Nanny. Finally, there's someone to look up to, too. Rated PG. Opens Friday, October 8th at a theater near you. He's the singer of the, uh, the New York Dolls. Buster Poindexter? Who are those great-looking dolls? It's Quick Curl Barbie and Mod Hair Ken. Pretend they're starring in a movie. Style Barbie's Quick Curl hair instantly with her curler. Or brush it into a flip and it stays. Put a mustache on Ken and make believe he's the bad guy. Or sideburns and play he's the hero. It's fun pretending they're movie stars, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Quick Curl Barbie and Mod Hair Ken dolls with their own accessories, each sold separately from Mattel. He's basically like Tom Waits, if Tom Waits were like a more of a jazz show singer, 
right? Uh, because he has a similar voice, but it's not as like it's a bone, you lucky dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He he acts with his whole face. He's one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Yeah, it's awesome. And he's the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, the ghost of Christmas present being uh, Carol Kane, the lovely, wonderful Carol Kane. Um, and then, of course, the ghost of Christmas future, who is played by Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think this is such a brilliant interpretation. And I love that it's semi-meta. Not meta. That's not the right word. It's They're, they're putting on a Christmas carol. But he's experiencing a Christmas Carol in real life at right. the same yeah, time, yeah, yeah. which is really neat. And there's no, there's no, not exactly a Bob Cratchit. I mean, there is the the woman who works for him whose son won't speak. He sucks. Whoa. He. All right, that's harsh. I don't like that little boy. He literally had like one line. He's got. The cold, dead eyes of a killer. Jesus Christ, Jono. I think that was his acting. Uh, I think that was his acting choice. Richard Donner, who, of course, we know who did Superman and uh, other. What is going on with you right now? He did not know how to. The do... poor little boy. He's just he's just being a little boy and not oh, talking. Oh yeah, you're gonna defend him. You don't defend Jake Lloyd, but that's you defend him. yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> but have you seen this boy in anything else? No, have I don't you seen think this so. boy? Have you seen this boy? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Try another callback. Shut up. Listen to my voice. Um, so no, no. Look, all right. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be a stick in the mud, but I am trying to be a Grinch. And this little boy. Yeah, congratulations. I just remember being, when I first saw this movie, when, you know, 30 years ago when it came out, <laughs> when I was a little boy, and I saw this kid, and I was like, ugh, this kid sucks. <laughs> That's not how I feel now. That's what you're saying now. Well, I mean, I'm just letting you know how I felt when I was like 10 when I saw it. <laughs> when I was 10, I think I was feeling like, Oh, I'm so awkward. <laughs> when you saw the little boy. <laughs> when I saw the little boy. <laughs> oh, I'm so awkward. He's a little boy. Um, no, 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 no. It's just that like he, like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. You remember that scene? You remember the scene when uh, in the stage show, uh, the person, uh, ooh, Mary Lou Retton, okay, mm-hmm. makes a cameo uh, playing Tiny Tim, and she does her little flips and then she says, "God bless us, everyone." And then it does that fucking zoom, that mm-hmm. snap zoom on the on the kid, and he's got his eyes wide open, and he's like nodding his head, thinking, "Oh, yes, that is correct. That is the spirit of Christmas." I didn't like it, and what's well, also a <laughs> it's also an indication to the audience, like, "Hey, he's Tiny Tim in this movie." Right? Yeah, it's a lot of things piled on top of each other, and I didn't like his acting. And you know what? I'm very and you know, you know, listeners, friends, well wishers. They're not about to be your friends or well wishers <laughs> after you finish this. I am very persnickety about child actors, and, and this that is, is true. And this is why it's not that I want to pick on child actors because I, I mean, the thing is when you see it done well, like. I love all the child actors in Monster Squad. I love all the child actors in A Christmas Story. Like, I've seen child actors done well. Why is it so hard to cast a good child actor? 
They're not, it's not hard. Labor laws, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. They have to be related to someone well, who's back, well, I mean, associated with the film. Well, that's much to the chagrin of the old days because the little rascals, they did a really good job. Oh, boy. They, they were cracking the whip on those orphans. Anyway, we've got... <laughs> look, the point Jeez. is... The point is... I'm an asshole. This is all be cut out. Uh... So I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about the special effects in this movie for a second. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the special effects. I think that for when it came out, which was 1988, the special effects hold up really well. For instance, like death? when he first meets his boss, or sees his when he sees his boss again dead. Okay, yeah, and no, then no, no. his boss picks him up by the neck and shoves him through the window, but it doesn't break. It just yeah. like kind of jellies him through. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is, since they're the special effects, there's a lot of practical stuff, but really, the few times they busted out special effects, they really spent the money on making those effects really count. Oh, so yes. So like for that absolutely. moment and for when he's... That same scene when he's shooting at his boss and all that stuff. Like that's all... That's all... It all looks really great. Every time they need to bust out the special effects, they look really great. The I puppets agree. that are inside the cloak of death, they look silly, but intentionally so. They did the right... You know what? It's... Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I remember seeing that and thinking that was the correct cutting of that because yeah they do look silly mm-hmm. but uh except for the end when they're all singing the songs they wanted to hold on that because they're all holding like candy, candy canes, canes and stuff and so stuff, you yeah. wanted to see that but when you're first introduced to them it's that thing where uh you know richard donner uh i don't know if he worked closely with the editing room maybe i don't know um but it was the right amount of seconds of on screen before it cuts away so that you kind of see it and then you're you only have a memory and it's like oh god that was a weird looking thing you know obviously we take for granted uh those kinds of practical effects today Mm -hmm. because we look at that now and instantly go oh that was a rubber thing (laughs) that was a rubber that was a rubber that i need to use um well i'll never Uh. use what I'm trying to say is uh, I thought the effect was serviceable for that particular thing because of the cutting. Um, so you're saying more it was an editing victory than it was necessarily an effects victory. Correct, because I think the effects really shine with... Going back to what you mentioned about him seeing his former boss, the makeup on this gentleman is so stellar. like Really great. Like when he takes his sunglasses off and his eyes are missing... It looks so good in the teeth, the makeup, and when he's pulling at his arm. I remember when I first saw this as a kid, the like the sound effect of him of pulling the dry his, yeah. zombie or the dry corpse. Flesh. Yeah, he's like pulling at at it, and it goes. Yeah, and then he falls to his seemingly death, and it works. It's really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. And then you've got that moment when he sees Herman frozen to death. Oh, yes. He says, Herman, Herman, give me a happy ending, buddy. Yeah, he's mad at him. It's almost like you're seeing the five stages. you jerk, you loser. Yeah. Why didn't you just stay? Yeah. It's the five stages. It's, it's, he's, he's sad and then he's angry. They don't usually happen in the span of 30 seconds, but yeah. Well, with Homer Simpson, it does. So he's like a Homer Simpson of the story. 
So he's the smartest person in the movie. <laughs> no, but that like in in that Herman was frozen with like a slight smile made it even sadder. Yeah, somehow. And yeah, his watch. Oh man, it's dark. So let's talk about Animal, uh, Police Academy. Um, Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah, Bobcat Gold Gold. Is it Goldthwait or Goldweight? Goldthwait. So anyway, Bobcat's performance is really good. I love him so much in this movie. Oh, he's great. He's great in everything. <laughs> he really is. But in this, it's slightly different because he, he plays uh, the opposite of what he normally plays during that time. Because he was always just like this ah, like loud guy. But in this, he's, um, he's playing it so down. Hey, guys. He's got the glass. Um, yeah, he's, um, well, maybe, maybe we could, you know. <laughs> Maybe it can be nicer. It's Christmas, um, but he does lose his wife and his kid or something. But um, something real sexy like that. Mm-hmm. And he gets a shotgun and tries to shoot uh, mm. Frank, aka Bill Murray. Oh, the Murray brothers are in this. Remember? All three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Joel and John. Oh, yeah, Joel, John, and Brian Doyle Murray, who played his dad. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> it's it's a it's five pounds of veal. <laughs> God, he's such a dick, but it was awesome. Uh, Wait, that's Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. That's Brian Doyle Murray, who is also in Wayne's World. Who was also uh, he's been in a million things. <laughs> yeah, and he's also in SpongeBob. You know, he plays uh, the the Davy Jones. Really? Yeah. It's my sock that goes over my googly goo. All right. You guys at home know what I'm talking about, okay? He plays the ghost of Davy Jones. Give me back my sock. Everyone knows I can't eat without it. I want to talk about why in the one of the final scenes of Scrooged, when, I, I okay, I thought it was clever that instead of, with the Ghost of Christmas future, instead of seeing his grave, which is normal for Christmas Carol, uh, you know, Scrooge sees Ebenezer. Here lies Ebenezer Scrooge. Right when Scrooge McDuck he sees the sees <laughs> his grave. <laughs> oh, Ducktales! Uh, he sees his coffin about to be put into the incinerator for cremation. Why would you buy a coffin and then have your body put in it just to be put in the oven? <laughs> and it's, that's not how you Is, cremate a really? person. Really? That's not. I thought that was. You just cremate their body. No, you cremate everything because you paid for it. When you <laughs> when you buy an urn, when you get an urn, and your loved one's ashes are in it, it doesn't also include the ashes of the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes it look like there's more because like Man, the yeah. ashes of just the person is like you barely. know you'd actually be surprised. It's actually like three tablespoons. Yeah. It's not very yeah, much. It's not a lot. And you're... they don't want you to get confused and use it like a spice. <laughs> Because I measured in tablespoons. But when I die, that's what I want. That's my last wish. I'm not eating you after you die. Well, you don't want to eat all of me. I'm not baking you into milk bread. (laughs) Just a little bit at a time, baby. Just Just a a little bit at a time. Just a little pinch. Hmm. Why does this dinner taste so dead? Why does this dinner... That's just Jono. Why does this dinner taste so stupid and dyslexic? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, no, no. I no. Uh, speaking to that scene, I love the choice of uh, his brother having a mustache because it's like, yeah, oh, he grew a mustache between <laughs> for some reason between now and when he dies. And it's almost like it's not a joke, but it's almost like a throwaway joke just because they're like, yeah, why not? He decided to grow a mustache because yeah, people yeah, decided to grow mustaches. Mustache. I decided to grow a mustache a few years ago, and now I will always have a mustache forever, and I regret it. That's a really great story. I'm going to go ahead and submit that to... Uh, so I also want to talk... It's a boring stories annual. All right, I just want to mention this just because, as you know, uh, with my my other interests and everything, uh, booze is important to me. And oh, sure. uh, I thought it was hilarious that Frank's drink was Stoli and Tab. That's like the oh, most, the most oh, late God. 80s thing I could think of. To have someone it's drinking not, yeah. Stolian Tab. It's not just vodka and cola. It's Stolian Tab, and it's for those of you who really don't weird. remember Tab. Tab was the original diet. Cola. Yeah, it was. It was made by the Coca Cola. It was. Yeah, Coca Cola made a diet cola, and they called it Tab. And then they made Diet Coke. Just for the fun of it, just for the heck of it, just for the taste of it, Diet Coke. And well, then they Diet Coke still... is zero calories. Tab was like one calorie. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. <laughs> and I've ta- and I've had Tab before, and it's like it tastes, it tastes just like it tastes like a diet soda. It tastes like Diet Coke. We'll be right back. To put a cap on this uh, full discussion of this movie, which we've done faithfully. <laughs> <laughs> is to talk about the ending now i love this movie okay me too i, I really and, and you know a big oh, butt's no. coming up oh i know i really love <laughs> I'm this not looking movie forward to whatever is about to be said i enjoy it every time i watch but if i'm being completely honest when it gets to the end when bill murray is let's face it making a fool of himself as an actor and character <laughs> wow I usually that's usually when I'm done with the movie um, and, and here's why and, and let me explain don't cast your stones just yet at this glass ceiling of a building I don't think he knows what any of those words mean yeah I think I threw apart threw apart <laughs> <laughs> nine metaphors uh, analogies okay so here's what I'm talking about when you watch the movie it's so specifically structured and has a very uh you know, uh, specific aesthetic to it. You know, in some in some spots, especially the uh, Christmas future, very Tim Burton esque, um, and everything moves along with such like um, veracity. It moves along with such like purpose, and then when you get to the end, it feels like the ending of every SNL episode where it's like, all right, we want to, th- you know, we want to thank the food. Oh my fighters. God, it does. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, say hello to Billy. H- happy birthday, mom. All right. We'll see you next week. Oh my God, it does. I didn't put that together until and, you said that. That's funny. And for me, like it, it, 
just like it feels like a different movie. It feels like the ending is completely improvised. And and I did learn that the writers of the movie, because they had to rewrite it a couple times, the ending was the hardest part for them to write. And that some of it literally was improvised by Bill Murray because uh, and it shows like because first off, I, I have two different thoughts on it. One of them is. As a viewer, you're seeing the change of a man. He's changed for good, right? right? Sure. And so it's easy to be uh, affected by that through the audience of the movie, where everyone's watching on TV, everyone's watching in the audience like, hey, wow, yes, he, he really has the spirit of Christmas. Yay. But in reality, <laughs> we've been seeing this man because... We don't know what he knows mm-hmm. as his friends, as his Right, we're just l- seeing this random... Yeah. We're seeing this guy fall into madness because he, you know, <laughs> he throws water right. on the guy that he thinks is on fire. He, he's freaking out. He's stumbling around, and everyone thinks he's going crazy. So when you see this, it's like, oh, we have this live show. We have this live taping of, this, of Scrooge. And then you see the fucking president of the network stumble on and go, huh, hey, Chris, Christmas is great, everybody. I learned a lesson. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, the police would be there so fast. Right, right. And he would lose his job and all that stuff. But, like, I mean, but, again, on that on that count, I can, like, oh, you know, I can suspend my disbelief. Right. I, he, he's a good person. But the ending just feels so improvised. Like, he... Like from the mistletoe with the golden dancer, and he's Which like, "Oh, kind of- I have to kiss this woman." It's like that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of like a. It's kind of like they just were like, "Ah, oh, dude, I'm tired of writing." Yeah, Can we just finished this already. And the song, the song is good, and it then, goes on for way too. It long, goes on though. really long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying that like they you seem know, put a little love in your heart over for like and over and for like over a again. thousand minutes. No, but like when when he's talking to uh, Karen Allen through the TV, she comes out there. They embrace. Like all this stuff is fine, but yeah, when they get to that end and the credits are rolling and he's still like talking to the audience yeah. and he's saying like, "Okay, everyone on this side of the theater. All right, not just the men." Oh no, the real men. But yeah, then he uses I that hate same that. joke yeah. with the women. He goes, now the women. Oh, come on, the real women. It's like real wow, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel with improv. Like Yeah, that is lazy crowd work. And like I'm just saying that like I love this fucking movie, but once it gets to that point, I'm kinda done because it's a little embarrassing. You know what? This is film fights. This is not an ego stroke for movies. So no, no. Yeah, so, so it, we talk it, about the things that are wrong with it. It even gets a we couple punches. It. Yeah, it gets a couple uh, a sucker punches. You know what? You're right. Me. Fuck this movie. Whoa. I mean, whoa. yeah, it's great. You know, funny that you said Tim Burton I don't know if you know this, but Danny Elfman did the music for this movie. For Scrooged? Uh-huh. I'm just gonna do a quick here. Practice. No, I'm gonna look at the box. Boxes Fox is king. Music score by Danny Elfman. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, you believe it now? <laughs> Didn't believe it when I fucking said it with the information in front of my goddamn face. All right, now it is time for our next contender, my champion, Mixed Nuts, starring Steve Morten and all <laughs> Conrad. Would you do us the honor of reading the back of the box? I would. This is possibly the shortest back of the box summary we've had so far. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, 
The only creatures stirring were a transvestite, a homicidal Santa, a serial killer, the staff of a suicide hotline, and a very crazy pregnant woman. That is not rhyme. That's the end of the back of the box summary. Give me this. That's the entire summary. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man! Even the copywriter for <laughs> the back was of the just box like, whatever. Was like, this oh, movie's not fuck. about anything. <laughs> no, if you're buying this movie, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> boy, oh boy! So that's our review of the <laughs> movie. Yeah. So uh, this had an all-star cast. Some. Yeah, it felt like it Steve could not Martin, fail. Rita Wilson, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn, yeah. Adam Anthony LaPaglia, Leave yeah. Schreiber, Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler. And uh and Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. He, and with a little bit part with John Stewart and Parker Posey as well. Oh yeah, that's right. They were the rollerbladers. They were the rollerbladers. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Um yeah. Oh, and Stephen Wright had a cameo. Oh, yeah. He blew his brains blew out. Blew his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> Implied. <laughs> Implied. Um, no, it, it, th- this was not a good contender. Movie? Oh, contender. To go up <laughs> against Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my back was against the wall. We wanted to just do general Christmas movies and... I had honestly with an ensemble cast. Yes, with an, specifically with that, and and I had not seen Mixed Nuts in a really long time, but I remember enjoying it when I had first seen it, and after watching it recently, I just I kept having this feeling of while I was watching, it, I kept having this feeling of, all right, it's going to be funny in a minute. Yep, it's going to be funny in a minute. Yeah, in in one minute, there's one minute left in the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and um. I mean, you and, and yeah, like you said, you look at the cast, how could this movie not be funny? Right. I, th- I think it was just a, a case of too many clowns in the car. Like, there's... <laughs> that's a saying, right? Like, you know... You too many cooks in the kitchen? Or like... Too many clowns in the car? Bring out the main biscuits, right? You bring know, out the main... I'm done with these side biscuits. <laughs> bring me the main biscuits. Bring me the main biscuits. And that's what I kept thinking of when I was watching this, because... They all should have been main biscuits, like, but they were all side biscuits. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the, Yeah, that's correct. It, it's They were all playing to... It was almost as if they were all playing the straight man to the comedic one, but right. there was no comedy. Like, Which is weird because Steve Martin, I never thought I would say this about him, but he didn't go big enough mm-mm. in this in this movie. He acted kind of like he was bored the whole time, I thought. Yes. I'm, yeah, that's interesting because, uh, again, I saw this a long time ago, but watching it recently, um, there were a couple of lines in a couple of scenes where like he's looking right at the camera, you know, and he just delivers a line and you think, oh, did they do one take? Yeah. He, he looked like he was tired. I don't know if that was intentional or not. It, it just, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really land. And Rita Wilson feels very um, forced, forced, very stoic. And, and I, I don't know if this is because it was directed by uh, Nora Ephron, who did uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle is hilarious. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What women are looking for. Packs in a cute butt. One of the year's best films. Some kid calls a phone-in radio show and says that his dad needs a new wife. <laughs> a 10. It's magic wraps around your heart. I want to meet you. 
make it number one on your must-see summer movie list. She could be a crazy, sick lunatic. Didn't you see Fatal Attraction? Sleepless in Seattle. So how's my butt? Not bad. Rated PG. Starts Friday at a theater near you. And so, I don't know if it was the directing or the script or just the actors not really selling it. I mean, some of them were selling it well, but just it, it, it didn't make sense character-wise or, or dialogue-wise. But... um. But yeah, you would. But Rita Wilson, I think her character was that she was just kind of uh, manic-ish, and she because like oh they established that oh she lives with her mother, and she's who you never see, which I thought was you, weird. Yeah, you never see. You don't even because know. She's the relationship. such a big part of like Rita Wilson's character because she says it over yeah. and over again. You're like, and at first it kind of implies that Madeline Kahn is her mother. But then yeah, it's, I thought, it turns yeah. out, not, I mean, just in like that first scene, it's pretty quickly established that she's not, but I thought, oh, is that her mom? I thought that too, even though this is the second or third time of watching it, because <laughs> she does that whisper thing and she's across the room. And so you immediately think, oh, that must be her mother because that's why she's whispering. But she was really whispering because, oh, you're not supposed to give out information uh, when you're on a suicide hotline or whatever. But um but yeah, no. Her, Which apparently they don't like. They do get paid to do, or they don't get paid to do. No, and, it's volunteer. Who's the organization that's paying them? It's and it's purely. How volunteer. is Steve Martin making any money doing this? He's and not. They, they so they, how do they like live and eat and? Eh, you know they gloss on over Venice Beach. They just gloss over it's that. Not stuff. like it's not like they're living in a suburb. They live uh, there, or they at least their their practice. He just needed five thousand dollars in a year. In Venice Beach, I don't know what rent is. Well, he's there. only three months short of rent. Oh, okay, okay, well then that makes sense. But I don't know how he was paying it before because he made it seem like this is a full time. Thank job. God their landlord turned out to be the seaside strangler. Yeah, that just kind of like you talk about Deus Machina. Yeah, that felt like a screenwriter backed into the corner situation yes. where it's like, and like the movie didn't even get interesting until that point. Uh, you mean in the last 30 seconds yeah, of the movie? Yeah, like an hour and 10 minutes in. Oh, you mean when he gets shot? Yeah, when he gets shot. Sorry, yeah, yeah. When he gets shot, um, that's when you go, oh, here's the farce that the movie was trying to be. Right. Um, but, other, but before that, it's just characters yelling at each other, misunderstandings, and mousiness. It just felt like a boring stage performance. Yeah. Uh, Rita Wilson was definitely like watching stage local theater performing yeah. stage performance. Not an insult to local theater, but you know, I mean, no, it's more of an insult. Look, to there's Steve triple Martin. A teams and there's single A teams. Okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, but then there's also just the A team. Hey guys, the the A team is back. There's only one A team. Hannibal, the master of disguise. I'm Hannibal Smith. Spaceman, the smooth talker. You uh, like to dance? Murdoch, the crazy pilot. And B.A., the big guy who weighs as much as his gold chain. I love it when a plan comes together. The A-Team, only on his. Uh, also, like when the landlord was shot and when Stephen Wright shot himself, those were, those were the two moments where it was very jarring because the rest of the movie is pretty light. and It's pretty silly, light. And then it's just all of a sudden like, we just m- fucking murdered someone, or like someone murdered themselves over well, the phone. What's weird is that we actually see uh, Larry Sanders get killed, and we see him die on screen, 
But that was not as dark as Stephen Wright dying because right. he dies off uh, off camera and, and you he's just shooting hear, himself. Yeah, you hear the shot, but that somehow is darker because you don't see it. And also, when they open the door, Larry Sanders kind of has like a weird. I mean, it's Larry. He's a funny looking guy, and he's like smiling. His name's not he, Larry Sanders. Gary Shandling. <laughs> Fuck. We had this mistake a couple weeks ago. Look, I never learn from my mistakes. That's how I live. Look. But Gary Shandling. Are you sure that's his name? I thought it was Larry Sanders. I swear to God. <laughs> All right. Gary Shandling. Gary Sanders. He uh, gets shot. Colonel Sanders. And he dies. And nobody reacts the way you expect them to because I mean Steve Martin and Rita Wilson like fuck in the bathroom while the water's running uh, which is the most awkward like they don't show it obviously but like it's so awkward their relationship like I'd never bought it makes no sense I never bought their relationship doesn't make any sense and Steve Martin is seeing this chick but then she's all of a sudden not interested with him and they don't really ever explain their dynamic or yeah, they why because everyone kind of acts like they people act like they were engaged or something, but they she were. was just like a, oh well, it was just like a quick phone call, and she's like, "All right, well, you know, I'm not going to see you anymore." And he's not like devastated; he's just like, "Oh, that sucks." And it's I'm a, having kind of a not great day. It's a dated joke too, because she says, "I didn't want to do this over the phone. I wanted to fax you, but you didn't have a fax." And yeah. then she hangs up, like, and it's and then she <laughs> hangs up. She hangs up, and like that was supposed to be the joke because, like, I don't know if you know this, Conrad, and listeners at home, but having a fax machine meant success in your life which is crazy for for three whole years in our history <laughs> if you had a fax machine that equaled you're successful hey you were getting faxes and watching laser discs or you'd be watching beta only yeah and so like she and so that was supposed to be a joke and you watch it now and you beta go max, beta that, only. that it, it, you look at it now and you don't even take it as a joke you take it as face value and you go Okay. Well, I mean, that would have been shitty too to break up in a fax. <laughs> That's a, even worse. It's not even your voice. That, yeah, that it's is just a worse. piece of paper yeah. that says you have now been dumped. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't. No, it, it goes like this. It goes, <laughs> and then you have to read it in that blocky. Uh, That's right. That's what print, printers used to sound like, yeah, boys and girls. That ASCII format where it's like, you have been fired from your relationship. <laughs> No, I, I love that sound, by the way. <laughs> you know, there is one really great little hidden joke that I thought was, even Holy though it's shit. really on the nose. Prospector over here. You must need. have been digging for it. Because, like, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Kahn's performance was great, but. Oh, she, she had, was great. She had even nothing though her to work character with. was ridiculous. Yeah, she had nothing to work with, but she was uh, their, you know, Their landlord's last name was Tannenbaum. And Tannenbaum was, is German for Christmas tree. The song O Tannenbaum, O Christmas Tree. Oh, sure. And then they made his dead body into the Christmas tree, and his last name was Tannenbaum. Oh. Wow. That, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I was like, that's clever. No, it seems way too clever for. Because <laughs> this movie's so disjointed. <laughs> that's why. That seems too clever because it's, no, got, you're right. it's got moments of brilliance, but the rest of it is just like. Okay, this has got to be leading to something good. Yeah, it, it felt less like there's a bunch of personalities in a single movie and more like there's a bunch of different movies in a movie. 
right. be, because I love Juliette Lewis and I love uh, Anthony Lapaglia. But the, I think it's Lapaglia. Lapaglia. It? Okay, yeah. Anthony Lapaglia. I could be wrong. Don't and, at me. And, and Juliette Lewis. I love them. They were terrible in I this didn't, movie. Yeah, I didn't like them in the movie. Like, like Julie Lewis just she just came off as like this. Like I, I, I feel like I feel like based on her costume choices or not her, but you know her the, the, the costume choices she wore, made for her costuming, right? And 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 the way she performed her character, I felt like okay, she's kind of a spiritual flies by the seat of her pants. You know, oh, you know, like she's very emotional. But it came off as whiny and like really um, unintelligent. And her acting actually, and I, and like I said, like we said, big fan of Juliette Lewis as an actress. So I, I do wonder if this was the writing and directing and not necessarily like her fault. Um, but she did have a few lines that were just really bad, really poorly delivered. But I, yeah. Like she would overact and then seem like she was not acting, like she was reading off of a script. Yeah, but she was. Super I, but I'm like, that's so unusual for Juliette Lewis. I think she's normally really great, so I really want to blame it on on this movie. Honestly, I, I want to say it was the directing because I feel like script wise, if they were going for the she's you know moments from giving birth mood swings, that would have worked if. If the direct like because because like I said she's great and I feel like she could have done it right but she was just given you know maybe a scene by scene directing where okay now you're just jolly for some reason okay now you're angry for some reason like there was she's no- lying about being seven months pregnant she's actually nine months pregnant because Anthony LaPaglia was in prison when she got pregnant or she wasn't and she had a baby two months premature or... Yeah, they didn't... That was very confusing They never too. finished... It seemed like a, a dramatic thread that just got lost in the scuffle or they abandoned it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember, yeah, because Madeline Kahn deduces that um, Yeah, when she has to break into the bathroom and pee in front of... The, God, it's just, it's, it's just a, a lot of weird stuff that happens to some really good... Um, um, Actors. I mean, all this to say that the actors are wonderful. The script slash directing is a little muddied. And it can be easily compared to uh, other... Batman Returns. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Because Danny Elfman also did the music. For Batman Returns? Oh, Batman Returns. I was thinking of Batman and Robin. Are you sure you didn't say Batman and Robin? Future Jono? The criminal in question is accomplice in crime, a woman in danger, a partner in training, a hero in black. The adventure begins. Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell. Batman Forever. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, June 16th at a theater near you. Because we all know that Batman and Robin was also a farce. And that's what this movie is, uh, you know, revealing itself to be. Is It's a farcical movie uh, about these crazy characters and these crazy situations. And I'm just reminded of when it's done better. 
like in the movie Birdcage, for instance. Mm-hmm. Birdcage is a is a farce, and it's wonderful. The original and the remake, they're both really good. By um, the way, can I just say how proud I am of you with your dyslexia that you're saying farce and not France? Oh my God, have I been saying farce? You've been Whoa, saying farce. I thought I was saying France. I was. Sweating. You were not naming a Western wow. European country. So anyway, in in certain types of France's, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And certain types of For far- instance, farces. Le Bricage. Well, you know why I didn't confuse that? Because there's no N in there, dummy. You have no idea what dyslexia is like. It sounds like you don't have any I idea swear, what it's like I, either. <laughs> I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to say that word spotless. Dulcexia? It's, it's going to be off air, though. So anyway, uh, yeah, Dulce uh, Vida, you know, from Pecha. I'm in your head now. <laughs> Pecha, boys. Yeah. <clears throat> No, no, no. F- uh, Far- <laughs> Fargo. I love it. <laughs> if I had never said anything, you would have kept saying it perfectly. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You know that this was what the film fight is, right? It's between me and this motherfucker. No, so... F- uh, f- uh, <laughs> we needed more jokes. <laughs> Fargo. Let's talk about Fargo. Okay, we got a shooting. A story so strange. There's a high-speed pursuit. It's got to be fiction. And then this execution type deal. A place so real. You were having sex with a little fella then. Yeah. It's got to be true. Oh, yeah. A brilliant macabre thriller. So utterly original. It could only be Fargo. Police! From the creators of Raising Arizona. There won't be a better film this year. (laughs) Fargo. Rated R. So mixed nuts is like a farce, but but I've seen it. It's a lot like Fargo. I've yes, it's very much like Fargo. Fargo is also a farce. Okay, we got a shooting. A story so strange. There's a high speed pursuit. It's got to be fiction. And then this execution type deal. A place so real. You were having sex with a little fella then. Yeah. It's got to be true. Oh yeah. A brilliant macabre thriller, so utterly original. It could only be Fargo. From the creators of Raising Arizona, there won't be a better film this year. <laughs> Fargo, rated R. I wish this movie were better yeah, than me I remembered too. because I mean everyone in there, even Adam Sandler, who in retrospect his character is a little annoying because no. he's full Adam Sandler Mm-mm, circa nope. nineteen ninety four. Jono, hard disagree. His character was extremely fucking annoying. <laughs> I fucking hated him. And I know I know what you're saying, which is that now me watching me watch his character now. Oh yes, me of course. Think, caveman lawyer over here. <laughs> he used to be a caveman, but now he's a lawyer. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Hearing him talk like this for so many years. Yeah, we think it's really boring. But then it was like, oh, look at this new comedian with this fresh new sound. I'm Adam Sandler, and I played a ukulele, and for some reason I'm dressed like an Italian gondola operator. And I gotta tell you, I just hate that you've been wasting all of this airtime on doing an Adam Sandler impersonation. I, I hate was, it so much. It was spot on, though. I uh, mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I've, yeah, thanks for coming in and doing that, Adam. I know you got nothing better going on. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I fucking hated his character. Uh, sorry, Adam, character in this movie. No, he's gone already. He left. Uh, yeah, he's He gotta... did take the full fruit basket, though. 
Is that all you had to say about Adam Sandler? Because I know you love him. That's all I have to say about Adam Sandler, but I have one more thing I want to mention about this movie, and it is totally random, and I don't know if maybe I'm an insane person. and An insane clown posse. No, Well, I know I'm an insane person, but uh, do at me if you know what I'm talking about, folks, on this. I noticed when they went into the restroom of their office space, they had a toilet paper holder mm-hmm. that was totally normal. A knitted dress thing on either side of it with a doll top. And I swear to Christ, my grandparents had one of these, but the dress covered the toilet. It was like you had a spare roll of of toilet paper that was covered by like this knitted dress and there was a, like a a dot like a ha, like a short not a barbie doll but like a short plastic dot you, do you know what i'm talking about oh no okay well <laughs> it exists and because i noticed it in this movie and i was, was like it the i scene, can't believe they was it the scene where steve martin was taking advantage of rita wilson because she was in such a catatonic shock and he was undressing her i think it was the one where <laughs> Uh, Madeline Kahn was taking a shit. Okay. Oh, she was peeing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Out she, of her she, butt. she was. She was um, using the ladies' room. While it's other a people's room. While other people were there. It's a person's room. It's a person room. Uh, that's my favorite thing about people getting all freaked out about who's going in what bathroom. Like, guess what? Your bathrooms at home are unisex. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> But you don't let the public into them. No, I agree uh, about the doll. Actually, I don't agree. I don't know what you're talking about. What am I saying? All right. Well, look, it's a thing, and I just thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fun, but apparently, you didn't find that as interesting as I did. Yeah, that might be cut out. I mean, for time, <laughs> unless you can find a way to like wrap that up in a comedy bow. You folks ever go to your grandparents' house and they've got the toilet paper holder that's a knitted dress with a little weird doll on top? I mean, what is the deal with that? Am I right? (laughs) You ever seen Mixed Nuts? They have that in that movie, too. (laughs) Check out my podcast. It's Film Fights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It's, I am giving it all I got. I mean, I appreciate you going the extra mile for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's we'll my uh, that's my comedic stocking stuffer. Well, Conrad, our bellies are full of egg eggnog and eggnog. Mountain Degnog. Mountain Degnog. A true connoisseur's choice. (laughs) So it comes down to this. We are the judges of the movies we present. My champion, Mixed Nuts. Your champion, Scrooged. Scrooged. What is your pick for the winner of this film fight? So normally I would talk about kind of the pros of each movie and what I liked about both. Scrooged wins. Here's the deal. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, Scrooge. 
if you thought for one second Mixed Nuts was going to win this fucking contest, then watch those movies again. Then you, yeah, because, again, like, I... I, I we I, wanted I, Mixed Nuts I to be really, really great yeah, I, because I, what we thought of it as kids and or what you did, this was my first viewing. Okay, yeah. But this what, is, what I anticipated knowing of it sure, and knowing of all of these famous actors and actresses yeah, I I thought there would at least be some competition, but again, like I I will mirror what I what we were saying earlier, where you're watching it, and it seems like every- Scrooge. It's super movie. solid. It's, it's really fun. The effects are great. Great acting. Mm-hmm. Funny script. Yeah. Funny take on the original story, just all around. Absolutely, a, yeah. You know, a modern classic. Mix, I, oh, I can't yeah. say modern classic anymore. Oh, we're we're so old. We're gonna die one day, John. No, it's just classic. It, I know that's what I'm saying. It's not modern classic. It's classic now. It's a it's a silver age modern classic because it is more modern. It's more modern than uh, this movie is closer to us than it is to its source. This material. movie is two years younger than me. Oh, now you can look up and find out how old I am. Oh. You shouldn't reveal stuff like that. That's true, but maybe it's a, maybe it's a red herring. Because now all those twenty-two-year-olds are thinking, "I know more than those fucking idiots." Yeah, they're probably right. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they use Wikipedia wrong. <laughs> how do you use Wikipedia wrong? You look at look up things and read it as in they don't use it and they don't donate <laughs> <laughs> to keep it alive with yeah. ads yeah i can't believe there's people that uh use wikipedia and i do donate. donate money to wikipedia because i love i love free infinite information but god damn it i do get tired of the you know the begging for the money Dude, it's like when I'm you're already... listening to NPR and you're like, I'm just trying to go meet up with this hooker. Will you stop? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Oh, from Hooker Baits on uh, the, the new show on NPR. Right. Starring me. Star- I'm the hooker. <laughs> you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're, just throw- you're just casting your line. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, 20 bucks. 20 Whoa. bucks get you a lot more than you think. 20 bucks get you the works. Just enter the code. Yeah. <laughs> it's Conrad. it's like a car wash. <laughs> enter the discount code Conrad Works. Conrad Works. With an E. Your junk. <laughs> Your junk with a UR. I need to get a new business card. Yeah, you do. Because the, the you know one what, you what if me. I get business condoms? <laughs> but the, I don't ever, my clients never use them, so. I don't like to throw this phrase out there, but game changer. I winked at you, but there's no way anyone can know that except you. Uh, future John, a winking sound. Well, you heard it. <laughs> you heard it. That stays in. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Scrooged wins by a... I don't know, fuck ton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mixed Sometimes Nuts. Sometimes we say by a nose, this is like by a whole army of noses. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to destroy my lovely copy of... Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to reach for it. I'm not going to destroy my lovely copy of Mixed Nuts because, uh, you know, I mean... Leave, you paid for it. Leave, yeah, I You paid, own it. I paid... Leave Schreiber actually was one of the best parts of this movie, I paid I $3 for it. 
Uh, it's certainly worth the plastic that made it. Um, <laughs> mix or uh, Scrooged is the winner by far. <gasps> it gets the uh, golden medallion, which I'm holding right now. And I'm putting it over the DVD. Future Jono, golden medallion sound. Sparkle, sparkle. Uh, I'm putting it over the DVD right now, which you can hear as I'm doing it right now. Oh, God, fuck. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I got a little crazy with the, med- with the medallion. All the champagne is everywhere. So, Jono. Now that we've talked about both of the movies for this week and yeah. we've chosen a winner. Very excited. It's time to debut a brand new segment <gasps> to finish it up. No way. This segment is called Film Fact Fraud. This week, I've compiled a handful of fun trivia facts about each of the movies from this week. But I've also peppered in a couple of false facts that are lies that I made up. Oh my goodness. So it's going to be your job to one by one suss out which ones are true and which ones are frauds in today's Film Fact Fraud. You know, I, I, I'm ready for it. I, I, I'm used to making a fool of myself in the IRL, but I'm also used to making a fool of myself <laughs> on the show. So go right ahead. Uh, obviously, I've not. I, I've. I've not. I have no idea what he's. John has not seen these. I compiled these separately. Yeah. So this here is my. We go. This is my arrogance right here. So this week I have five. Film fact frauds for Scrooged and five film fact frauds for Mixed Nuts. Here we go. Let's go ahead and start with Scrooge. I've not done a whole lot of research on these movies. Perfect. <laughs> Which is as per usual. Which is as per usual. <laughs> All right. Here we number go. one. All right. Scrooged was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, but lost to Beetlejuice. Film fact or film fraud? Uh, I don't fucking... I mean, it's it sounds right, because they both came out in 88. Uh, and, God, the makeup was really good in um, Scrooge. Yeah, I'm going to say you said they lost to Beetlejuice. Correct. Or that's... Yeah, that's, that's okay. what I said. <laughs> yes, that is, that is not the answer. <laughs> you, you saw me. <laughs> I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true on that because I feel like Beetlejuice won in makeup, maybe. That is true, actually. That is true. Yeah. I can't believe it. (laughs) All right. Nicely done. Now you get the idea. All right. Yeah, I get the idea. Okay. Let's keep it going. Number two. Bill Murray described working on Scrooge as, quote, one of my favorite professional experiences, end quote, and enjoyed working with writers who shared such a cohesive vision. Oh, but Bill Murray hates working on movies. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, but he obviously he works on movies, so yeah. I just know that, like, well, I mean, well, more modern. He got burned. I feel like he got burned out later, right? Except for on Wes Anderson movies, they must be like 
super. Well, his parts are pretty easy on those. Oh no, that's not true. Steve Zissou, he had a big part. And he that did, was, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I missed. You know, what? I, I'm gonna say I true because he looks like he's having a good time in the movie. That is false. Oh my god, that is false. Production was tumultuous, which Murray <laughs> described as pure misery. Holy shit. He and the writers had very different visions for the film, and that caused a lot of problems. Fuck, I should have known that, because the ending <laughs> sucks. <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, shit. Okay, all right, let's keep it going. I'm one for one. All right, number three. In Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol... The Ghost of Christmas Past was originally an anthropomorphic dog. This was changed in the first film adaptation in 1937 for budgetary reasons, and the ghost has traditionally been depicted as a human child ever since. The Ghost of Christmas Past? Right, so the first ghost. Was a dog? It was an anthropomorphic dog, so like a dog that spoke. Like McGruff, the crime dog. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I mean... That's what. Do you not know who McGruff is? Of the crime course dog? I do. Take he a goes, bite out of crime. You fucking. I was gonna say that. Yeah, well, you didn't. I, <laughs> I did. would have said it way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. Um. So I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna say. Uh, uh. I forgot what you asked. You said dog. All right. I'm gonna say tr- true. I'm gonna say true. That's false. I made the shit. Are you fucking kidding I'm, me? I've made that shit up. God. Now I sound really stupid. Here, future Jono. <laughs> I'm gonna say true, true. It was false. <laughs> wait. Oh wait. No. Future. <laughs> Remember, winners don't dyslexia. Number four. All right. When the ghost of Christmas present, Carol Kane, grabbed Bill Murray's lip, she tore it so badly that filming was halted for several days. Huh? She tore it? His lips When the off? ghost of Christmas present, Carol Kane, grabbed Bill Murray's lip, she tore it so badly that filming was halted for several days. When did that happen? Uh, like, that's like when, when, he, when they're when in the studio. Grabs... Yeah, she grabs oh. him and she's pulling him along. Oh, that's right. Um, False. That's true. God damn it. <laughs> oh. Sheesh. I know nothing about movies. That's what makes this fun. Neither of us know anything. Shit. All right. Well, okay. In right. our final Scrooge film fact fraud, before we move on to mixed nuts, mm-hmm. number five, Bill Murray falling on his way out of the restaurant is said to have been unscripted and a genuine accident. Apparently, it was due to the stairs being wet after splashing the waiter with water that caused him to lose his footing. I'm going to say true on that. It looks genuine. That is true. Yay! Uh... You got two out of five. Yay. Two that, out of five. That's 40%. <laughs> it's still a failing grade. <laughs> sure, it's true. Okay, here we go. All right, moving on to the next move. Mixed Nuts. Here we go. Number one. Director Nora Ephron is the voice of the Los Angeles Times automated phone responder in the film. Oh, for the newspaper? So when, when, yeah, when he calls, when he the, calls newspaper? the newspaper. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say true. That is true. Yay! That is true. I did it. Okay, number two, Mixed Nuts, is a remake of the French comedy film Le Père Noël est une ordure, 1982. 
Hey. What's the uh, English translation of that, please, Alex? I, I should have known you were going to ask me that. Uh, the Father Noel, so Santa is, uh, is I guess, Real. an ordinary person, maybe? I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a nice title. Santa is an ordinary person. I'm going to Do that. you think it's true or false? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. It it's, is true. Yay! It's obviously true because I'm like, I don't know what it means. Do I know more about mixed nuts than Scrooge? <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. Let's go. All right, number three. Steve Martin has a rare aging disease that causes hair to turn white prematurely. Leslie Nielsen suffered from the same disorder called androgenetic albinism. Wait, that's that's the question? True or false? (laughs) It's not Uh, a question. It's a statement, but yeah, true or false? uh, True, obviously. That's false. I made up that term. Androgenetic albinism is not. I made that up. What? You can't do that. <laughs> I made that up. It's false. But I mean, it's true that they both have white hair at young ages. Yeah, but that's just a thing. It's just, that's so that's not, lame. That's not a disorder. That's lame. Boo. Future John will produce a no, 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 no. Because I asked you if it was because they suffered from this disorder, which they don't because I made it up. It doesn't exist. Well, I hate that. It's the I, first half of male pattern baldness with albinism. Well, I was only paying attention to some of that. So, I mean, Ooh. give me a little I'm glad. I, I'm glad that I'm at least making these realistic of enough, enough to trip you up on. Them. Yeah, but they're not fair. Alex Trebek would have another thing to say about it. <laughs> okay, like, number four. I guess he would. <laughs> number four. Chris Farley was given the role of Chris, but turned it down. Chris who? Yeah, I was trying to remember who that was in the movie when I either read this or made it up. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say false. That's true. Who the fuck is Chris? I don't know. <laughs> you can't do that. I have to. I well, I, you know, but it was a small role in the movie because they don't use a lot of their names all the time. I think it was probably just a, a little bit part, but maybe he was busy or something. But that's that is true. He was offered a small role in the film. Basically, was Chris the Adam Sandler character? Number five, final film fact fraud. So am I two and two right now? <laughs> like two right for each. Leave Schreiber uh-huh. had to film his scenes in four days because that was all the time he could get off from his day job as a bartender at the Beverly Hills Country Club. That's <sighs> so stupid. False. That is false. I completely made that up. Yes. I even made up the Beverly Hills Country Club. I don't know if that's even the name of a place. Yeah, what even is that? Beverly Hills Country Club? Come on. It would be called like the I can't believe you got Sam that Hill. and didn't get my anthropomorphic dog Christmas Carol because I don't, one I don't, earlier. I don't know. That's the one I was worried about being too ridiculous. I don't know dick about Dickens. <laughs> It could have been a dog. Oh, that's so much fun. Well, thanks yeah, for playing. That was great. Well, Very did I fun. Wait, did I win? <laughs> you win getting to be on this podcast that you created with me uh, again next week. Uh, well, I mean, hey, that was five right and five wrong total. We'll be right back. Hey folks, 2020 got you down, been drinking yourself into oblivion. Well, keep doing that on New Year's Eve with Film Fights Live. That's right. 
Film Fights Live, starring us, the guys from Film Fights Live. New Year's Eve, 9 o'clock. On New Year's Eve. Games. Prizes. Can't, well, nope. Uh, no prizes. Win a free t-shirt! No, no! no. All right, before we go, I just want to let everyone know that our next film fight will be in the new year, and we wanted to introduce something new, something a little different as far as uh, fighting films go. Uh, So we actually have a bank full of movies that neither of us have seen that are along the B to Z movie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, docket. Uh, They're bad movies. They could be good movies. I don't know. They're just a bunch of movies. But most likely not. Right. And what what we have done cleverly is... No big deal. We're very clever. (laughs) Of course. Have you heard the show? Um, (laughs) They're like, yeah. (laughs) I'm the one who confused France with, with... Fargo. Fuck, yes. <laughs> Thank you. See, that's why he's on the show. You know that, right? It was actually to, farce. To correct. <laughs> I know, but we said it. I know. Uh, <laughs> I fucked all this up. And so what we've done is I wanted to introduce a random fight from this cold collection. So what we've done is we've collected nine of these movies and I am using a... Uh, if you remember the game of life, there's a wheel on it, number one through ten. So we've taken nine movies. Think a small wheel of fortune that's just numbered <laughs> yeah. one through ten. Although, uh, except it's a wheel of misfortune. <laughs> yeah, in the game and in this game as well. In this game as well, this game of life. Um, so I, we've taken nine movies, so that's one through nine, and... Number 10 on the wheel is Player's Choice. Of the pre-selected films. Yes, of the pre-selected films, which we've uh, collected using a random number generator. We have a spreadsheet full of all of these movies. And Conrad, this list that we have, if you could just, uh, one through nine, let the audience know what could be a possibility. Nothing would please me more. Excellent. In the number one spot, we have Terror in Beverly Hills. Ooh. Number two, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Three, the acronym R-O-T-O-R, Rotor. Rotor. Number four, Pocket Ninjas. Oh. Number five, The Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. Number six. I'm just going to repeat everything. Top Line, a.k.a. Alien Terminator. <laughs> I'll all be a little like Top Line. <laughs> Seven. Enemy Gold. Okay. Eight. Blood Gnome. And nine. Beach Balls. Beach Balls. Beach Balls. I wonder what that movie's about. Conrad, I'm going to let you spin the wheel first, and this will be your random champion. So here we go. Here we go. What do you got? Number four. Number four. Number four is Pocket Ninjas. Oh, boy. That's right. (laughs) All right, Jono. All right, here we go. I'm going to spin. (laughs) Sorry, it's it's very awkward (laughs) holding this. You're always awkward. I know. Number two. What do we got? Number two. 
Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yes. So next week, it's going to be Pocket Ninjas versus Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yep. <laughs> I'm actually very excited. I kind of that'll know, be fun. I've not. I mean, obviously, I've not seen it, but I, I know the reputation of both of these movies. Pocket Ninjas has the stone jawed B movie legend Robert Zadar, and Hard Ticket to Hawaii is one of Andy Sidaris's infamous movies. So I'm excited to uh, get into this. Sounds fun. Can't wait. Well, uh, we we hope to spend another year with you guys. I hope you tune in for our randomizer. Uh, if if any of those movies um, striked your tickled fancy, <laughs> 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 then we will see you back here at our usual time slot. And uh, <laughs> which is whenever you want to listen to it. Which is whenever you want to listen. It's all up to you, man. It's streaming. <laughs> listen, if you have any recommendations for film fights, if you have something you'd like to reach out and mention to us, shoot us an email at battles at filmfightspodcast.com. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. You can hear us wherever you're listening to us now. But make sure that you follow and rate and subscribe if you're on Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts. If you're on our website, great, thanks. Please go review us positively somewhere. And make sure you tune in on New Year's Eve for a very special live-filmed episode. Details to come. So make sure that you're following us on Facebook and Instagram, Film Fights Podcast, and make sure that you're checking our website periodically so you can be the first to get the news. It's going to be a really fun time. A really drunken time. That's right. A very silly time. It's completely live. So As no, usual. So no future Jono <laughs> no to future bail Jono us to out. out. That's right. <laughs> We've got to live with the consequences of our decisions. Completely live. Uh, New Year's Eve and, 2020. And we'll continue to share details with you about the show a little bit at a time. We're both very excited. Oh, yeah. And we can't wait to know that you're listening to us again because we can't see you or, or hear you, but we know you're there and it makes our hearts fuzzy. It would help uh, to hear you if you uh, send us uh, some, you know, Ooh, some correspondence. Tie so, in. Yeah, battles at uh, Film Fights. You say it. <laughs> battles at Film Fights Podcast.com. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, thank, uh, thank you from me and mine to you and yours. And whatever holiday you're celebrating, we hope you're being happy and safe, and we hope you're spending time with your loved ones as much as possible, even though things are a little crazy this holiday season. No more crazier than what it's like at my, my you know, is no more crazy than... <laughs> than mixed nuts. Than being with your family. Oh, boy. You know what? I'm just glad I have uh, a... Family? Scientific reason to avoid my family this year. <laughs> The news is like, you should stay away from family gatherings because of coronavirus. And I'm like, you don't have to tell me twice. I do not need to read the article. I'm just going to send this to everyone and say, sorry, y'all. I'm ordering Chinese food and getting stoned on Christmas. <laughs> so it's a normal, a normal, Christmas. normal Christmas for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah. I've been Jono Rodriguez. And I'm still Conrad Hartman. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And especially Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. I'm fine with that ending normally.
with no joke. Greg, 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 Greg Carrington. Old Greg. Greg Carrington. Greg Carrington rode a carriage to his marriage. Bet. Greg Carrington rode a carriage to his marriage to marry carriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had it for a second. All right, no. <laughs> Musaka, Musaka, Suvlaki, Suvlaki, Suvlaki. Greek food, Greek food, Greek food. 